Hi everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the Business Co- there. Business, I'm going to try that again. Business Podcast Conversations with me, Ash Taylor. What a way to start! That's amazing. I'm joined uh, this week by Sean Taylor, good old friend of mine now. Not old as in age, but we've known uh, you for a long time, haven't we, Sean? How you doing? I think, I think I am older than you, anyway. So I think you can call me old, although I hate to hate to be considered it. But uh, but no, I, I was thinking the other day. It was back in Reading, wasn't it, that we met at the, um, do you remember the business centre? Yeah, the, the, the office on, um, is it Reading Road, London Road? That's it, yeah, yeah. And, I remember uh, the one that goes down to, what's that corner in Reading that everybody um, talks about? Oh, Cemetery Junction, isn't Cemetery it? Cemetery Junction, on the way down to Cemetery Junction, that was it, that was it. So um, before we get into that, do you want to just tell everybody what it is you do, um, you know, the business that you've got, all the rest of it? Yeah, sure. Um, I, my name is Sean Taylor and I'm the MD of what's called the Forces Group. And we are a French, we have run three franchise brands. We um, help people set up in business, you know, thrive rather than survive. Just taking all the lessons that I've learned over my business years and trying to help uh, what is essentially a man in the van operations, you know, grow a, a business, um, more than you know sometimes it might be lifestyle something might be something a bit more than lifestyle but i've done that now for 10 years but you know if i wind back a little bit i mean if you want to know a little bit about me i'm a palace fan so i have to admit that <laughs> i'm an accountant i have to admit that it's a bit like going through therapy this is uh, and, I've, and i've come out of the corporate world and i feel i'm a bit of a cheat when it comes to entrepreneurship or entrepreneurial roles but you know i took that leap 10 years ago left paid employment decent job uh, a shareholder in a, in a reasonable sized company but I left paid employment 10 years ago to set up on my own I bought into a business ran it grew it sold it did it with a friend of mine which was great fun and it's just evolved and it and um, you know if you look back over those 10 years it's just been an absolute roller coaster but but as much as I hate roller coasters it's been great fun yeah, because I was just thinking about it, you know, when, when we first met, it was in that office in Reading and I had, I was just starting out in my tennis business and I think, I'm thinking about this now while you were just chatting, I met, possibly met Paul first, who's your business partner at the, at the time. Yeah. And he introduced himself to me and said he was Paul Smith and I spotted straight away, obviously, he was wearing a Paul Smith tie. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that, that was it. I was in. I was like, okay, I like this. Paul Smith and he's wearing a Paul Smith tie and I, I can go with this. There's nothing like playing on your name, is there? Yeah. Yeah. It was quite, it was, that, that was quite cool that. Um, and he wasn't the Paul Smith, but obviously had a Paul Smith tie. And, and our kind of relationship went from there, but it, it, it was quite interesting because I'd, I discovered quite at that time sort of the power of spending time with other people and learning from somebody else. And, and there was a, there was an irony because I had a tennis coaching business and we were coaching people to be better versions of themselves, be better players, be, you know, better, uh, have a better mindset on court to be better physically, to be, you know, be better emotionally. And I'd never thought about applying that need to myself in business, in a business context, you know, I, I had my own tennis coach, I had my own personal trainer, but I had no, nobody, even though I'd started this business, I had nobody sort of helping me, um, guide me in terms of how to run a business. 
uh, and, and I remember you and I having a conversation really, it's funny how these things stick in your head, really, really on when I told you about an organization that I was a part of and you ended up coming along to a meeting and, and joining. And it, it, it's just been quite an interesting journey over the last 10 years since that point, because when I met you, you were very much would introduce yourself as, well, you know, we've got this little franchise and there's a few people. And, and now listening to that, it's no, we help people grow their businesses and start up and thrive instead of survive. And how's that kind of, how's that evolved over the years, that sort of shift in your own thinking and belief? It's, it's a really interesting one because what you said there, I remember that day in my head. I can, I can, I can hear us talking. I think we were in the kitchen area or maybe just standing outside your mm. office and you were a member of some weird group that met in the evenings um, in Caversham, I think. And yeah. I was sort of, you know, and I was a bit, I, I, I was probably a bit up myself a little bit because I'd come from the corporate world. I'd worked in PLCs. Um, I'd worked with some fairly influential people in business and I thought I probably knew it all a mm. little bit and coming into a smaller business um, and I was a bit dismissive of what you said but I was interested but I was a little bit well is this going to work for me but I remember we talked more and um, and the arrogance of it and it is a little bit arrogant I you talked about the organization you were part of and I got invited or there was a, they, were, they were doing a big event at the O2 that year, I think. Yeah. Uh, um, and I, I couldn't even be bothered to go to that event. I sent one of my, one of my team to that event mm. to suss it all out. And I remember a phone call from her on that event said, Sean, you must do this. You know, um, I'm going to sign you up to this three day event. And the first time I actually formally got involved was in Bracknell in the weekend that your boys were playing in the final, the last game of the Premier League. Do you remember that day? Yeah, I do remember that. that oh, was oh, the, the millionaire master plan set product or something, wasn't it? It was, a, it was the uh, million pound master plan or something like that. But plan, that was it. Yeah. So that was my introduction, my real introduction to you guys and people like Martin and Chris. And on the back of all that, I got heavily involved. I'm not, I wouldn't say I ever got heavily involved, but I got more and more involved. And I have just learned, you know, how I learned how much I didn't know. And also the things that, you know, we all think about business, about business transactions and doing stuff. But, you know, one thing I've learned over the 10 years, business is played in the brain and it's all about psychology. And, you know, the one thing I, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm no master at it and I'm not qualified at it is you've got to learn how your brain works. And how you control that, because it is the biggest obstacle that we all have in our life and in our business. And I just over the years meeting people, you know, Martin, I mean, you've been hugely influential. You know, and I genuinely mean that Martin and other people outside of that network as well that have just, you know, you pick up little things and you listen and you absorb it and you don't dismiss it. And and you just learn and you take it all in and you don't always apply it. But at some point in time in your life, you suddenly think, bang, that's it. I remember that conversation. You know, and I'll be still picking out days that we, we, got, we were doing, um, we've done a mastermind. You were involved in some of it. Yeah. You know, there's days I, I, I still play back in my mind even now. And I don't know whether that's just the way I'm made up, but I can sort of see, visually see things. And, I, and that's how I sort of put it all together. But it's, it's just been a roller coaster. but I've just learned so much. And I've just learned, you just, you never know it all. You've got to keep living and learning. 
and your brain is your biggest obstacle for all of us. Yeah, I'm always telling people to get out of their own way. <laughs> it's, it's fundamentally, that's what it is, isn't it? And, and you make uh, an... Go on, go on, go on. No, 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 you're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's a good way of putting it. Um, but it's... it's, it's I, 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 I go to America once a year to an event that you know, I'm almost wedded to it now. And again, these are all things I'd never do in the you know why would i want to go to america that sounds really that sounds really pompous and stuff but you know you go you know when you latch onto something and you you believe in it but it was only this year that i learned something called the belief wheel which is all about how your beliefs control your actions mm. you know if you believe something then you you sort of do it but actually that's the wrong way to think about it because your belief might be completely wrong so you're better off look starting at the action seeing the result which will then recreate the belief and we all start with belief so you know we might listen to someone and say well i don't believe that and, and that's not my belief so i'm not going to do it but actually if we listen more and apply what we're told and then judge the results and, and, and it may sound really stupid but it was and i've heard it loads of times but it was only this year at the event that it sort of sank in i was just going well i can see that now you know we hear so much that we don't actually apply it always but that was just like wow that is just changed it you know it's not worrying about what i believe let's see what results i can create and then almost create your new belief does that make so sense so it makes a hundred percent and then, and there are so many routes that i kind of want to explore with that so the first is have you read amy cuddy's book or or watched that? so just based on what you said i would urge you to go out and read her book or watch her ted talk because it's i think after simon sinek it's one of the most watched ted talks ever now really what's her name right on amy cuddy two d's and she i can't i'm desperately trying to remember the name of the book or the talk but she basically talked about talks about uh the power of acting to change your belief so uh not not, not pretending in terms of acting but actually using power poses to trick your brain into believing that you're something that you're not so it's it's um she talks about dealing with fear and using um physical poses so it's to stand in the classic superman pose or or the wonder woman pose you know or the trophy pose with your hands up in the air like you you're, you're all yeah. in the stadium and holding that pose for 30 seconds and I don't, I, I understood some of the science when I was reading it, but I couldn't remember it now, you know, to kind of relate it. But there's, it, it comes back to what you're saying about the brain doesn't really necessarily differentiate between what is and how you behave. So it, there's, there's tension between what you tell it and what is actual reality. So it tries to create the reality so everything fits. And there's, and there's a lot of this um, with visual stuff as well, because you said you have this ability to, kind of visualize moments in your life and remember them and I, and I suspect a lot of that's got to do with the fact that you've got you've got a you know a sporting background you're you're a great cricketer and you know you can play sport and a lot of great sportsmen are able to individualize um, sort of visualize moments you know you you visualize where you want to punch the ball down the ground and your body goes well okay if that's what you want to do I'll, I'll the brain goes well, I'll try and make you do that and you know you try as we make you do that doesn't always do it but i know what you mean yeah and and i, and I think so yeah because i have that ability to visualize you know i can see us standing there outside that kitchen and having that conversation i remember paul smith's tie being yellow yeah, you know yeah. and, and it, it, so those little moments those flashes do come back to me and i'm really i'm really interested to understand how you, you know you you've, you've talked very much about you, you mentioned there about how 
you think business is all in the brain and, and all about mindset and all about your ability to control your beliefs. And there are lots of ways of doing that. And I, I agree with you. I think, I think if you just go out there and do stuff, you can, you can change the way you behave. I'm sorry, the way you behave, believe you change what you believe by the way that you behave. And I think a lot of people try and do it the other way around that try and believe first in the hope that that will help them behave. Whereas I think it's, it's in some ways it's much easier to take action because whether you believe the action is going to work for you or not, if you just act and create those habits, you start to become a product of those habits and therefore you don't believe you do anything else. Does that, does that make sense? So it's, it's yeah, no, no. What well, it does when you start thinking it through and lodging it through, but you, again, it's you know you, you have to go through the whole experience of one following your beliefs and not getting the results you want. So yeah. That's one. That's one reality, and and you and you and you have to live that to to understand it. And then there's the oh, actually, and sometimes it's when you your lowest ebb that you actually take action. You know, because when you're comfortable, you go, oh, this is all right, I can do this. But sometimes it's when, and not necessarily, you know, when you're literally at the lowest depth, but you've just had a, you know, oh, I'm just fed up. I'm going to, I'll sod it. I'm going to do it. You know, everything, you know, and it's just, it's just an experience that you have to go through. And that's why, you know, people say experience is so important. It is, it is important because once you've experienced something, one, it's not so scary. Secondly, you realize that the results may be not what you thought they were. And, and, and that's the whole, you know, and now I'm older, I can talk like this, but I'm probably talking, sounding like my dad. When you're younger, you're thinking, what does he know? You know, you know, I'm a young gun. Um, and don't get me wrong. There's no wrong or right, but you have to, you know, experience is such a major part. And, and what you said earlier about how I've changed, you know, I wouldn't say I'm the most confident person in the world, but my confidence has changed. Um, my ability to talk to people about how they can, take what I've learned and, and then put it into their business. It's a bit like you really. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a coach, but you know, if you have an in, innate confidence in what you've learned and you can find ways to extol that and try and help other people, it, it just perpetuates and you just get stronger and stronger in your belief and your mindset. And it's not a set mindset because that would be wrong. Yeah. It's a mindset that's constantly evolving and changing. And that's where mixing with people that may have a business that's nothing to do with yours may not even have anything to do with business that you just listen and absorb it and work out how you make it work for yourself you so, know, what's, so why are so many people so resistant to listening and absorbing what other people might be able to show them because you know you, you said right at the beginning that you were a bit you know a bit arrogant which is fine i'm quite arrogant i'm i'm, I'm happy with that you know you know you, you can't play tennis to the level I played to without being a bit arrogant <laughs> it's just kind of the way it goes and but you, you, how are you able to set aside that I know it all I've come from corporate I run this big you know I've got shares in this huge company all the rest of it and this is just a kind of almost a side hustle it's, it's not that difficult how, how do you get past that what, what, what's the difference I don't, I don't know I'm just a step, but I don't think I, I I wouldn't say I have an arrogant I've, I've obviously at that time I was probably a little bit arrogant but I think you you know for me I've always tried to keep my feet on the floor while I have an inbred confidence that is probably only built up over the last 10 years I mean when I started this I thought I was a bit of a fraud didn't really know much I had some luck and I you know managed to buy into a business and make my own business and you know whether that's luck judgment I don't know but um 
I've managed to keep my feet on the floor and I never take the perspective that it is all about me. It's about the person I'm talking to or the people I'm with. I'm more interested in, in other people than I'm myself, I suppose, you know, I'm more interested in, in seeing other people do well than myself. And so I don't know what it is, but I've always tried to keep that roundedness. I'd never want to be seen as arrogant, pushy. I just want to be just sort of a normal guy. And I think business is not about arrogance. Um, you know, the old arc, you know, what's that word? You know, those people that a manager or a director has to be someone that's dictatorial, yeah. And fourth, I'm not from that. I'm not from that mindset at all. I'm all about team, people, uh, and that's just my makeup. And I don't think I can change that. Um, so I have to use a little bit of what my moral judgment is and just build on it. And, and that's all I think I've done over the last ten years. But you know, it hasn't been about me. It's been the people I've mixed with, um, the lessons I've learned. You know, my burnt fingers. You know, you make so many mistakes in going through those, you know, those 10 years, we made so many mistakes that you wouldn't want to think back on them, but they've made us and made me who I am today. And, and you kind of have to think back on them, don't you, to a degree, because if you don't think back on them and analyze them, you don't learn from them. And, and, and sometimes, you know, sometimes you can do a wash up of a mistake or, or a situation immediately afterwards and learn from it but the real lessons don't kind of hit you for maybe a year, two years, three years later sometimes when, when you actually have, you know, com completely stepped away from the emotion of the situation and how it made you feel. And you're actually able to objectively go, well, what were the real lessons there? What have I learned from it? Not just what the business has learned from it. How, how have I grown from going through that experience? I'm not sure you can actually kind of understand that immediately after the, after the error, after the mistake, after the failure, you only you, you, it only builds up as a kind of layer of the onion and a thickness of the skin, you know, several years, months afterwards. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah, there's, the pain has to, to. But the other thing is not to dwell on the mistake too long, because if we dwell on it too long, it starts impacting other decisions we make. Now, once something has gone wrong, it's gone wrong. It's almost like park it. There's nothing more to worry about right now now we need is there something to fix or do we or do we just move on and, it, and again it's having the ability to to draw a line in the sand i mean when me and paul worked together you know paul was a lot more emotional than i was and i suppose that's one of the things that makes me not such a warm person is i, I try and you know I, i'm not hugely emotional because i sort of compartmentalize it close it off and move on whereas paul would be a lot more emotional about things which is, again, which isn't wrong or right. In some ways, sometimes you need a bit of that emotion for a little bit of extra push. But my, my view is, right, you know, we've effed up, line in the sand, let's move on. Let's make sure we don't, you know, we learn from that mistake. But the, the big mistakes do live with you, but just don't, you know, I think too many people um, let them live with them too closely. Yeah. You know, they, you know, I mean, I remember a time I was crying in my office because our insurance premium had gone up from, 50,000 to 500,000 pounds overnight. And I had to go to the board to tell them that, by the way, we're re-signing tomorrow morning and that's the best offer I can do. You know, and I look back at that and I just think, shit, now that's not the worst thing in the world. At that time, my world was, oh my God. Um, but you just, you know, you, you just have to compartmentalize it, move on. And I don't sit here dwelling about it anymore, but there's moments in your life um, that, you know, you'd always go back to but you can't let it pull you back too far. 
You can't yeah, let it. Like own, you can't let it own you, can you? You've you've got to own it. Oh, totally. Well, tomorrow's another day, and tomorrow is got you've got to approach tomorrow in the best form of you that you possibly can. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's funny that I played um I played golf yesterday, as we call it. What day is it today? Um, Tuesday. Tuesday today. Yeah, I did play. No, I didn't play golf yesterday. I played played golf on Sunday. Days are blurring into one when it comes to golf, but I played golf on Sunday, and it was interesting. I had a really really good round, and I'd had um, um, a terrible round on Saturday. Uh, excellent round Friday, terrible. So actually what you're saying is you play golf two days this weekend. Uh, well, Friday, so three days. Um, so, because <laughs> <laughs> I don't work Fridays. But but the point I was going to make is that I was, I found myself because I because I'd had this terrible day on the Saturday. I found myself on the tee on a few shots in very similar positions on the Sunday, going, oh well, this is what I did yesterday, so I should be able to re- replicate that. Or this is what I did yesterday, so I need to avoid doing that. But actually, what I did in the round yesterday bears zero um resemblance has no bearing at all to what i'm going to do to hit the ball today because one it's not exactly in the same spot two the wind is different three the wet you know that the temperature is different four i've turned up with a different swing five i'm playing with somebody else six i've probably got a different ball you know the pins in a different place all the rest of it so so why so why do we uh, and I don't think I'm just speaking for myself here, but why do we kind of lean on that ex- very recent experience and use it as a, as a comparison to beat ourselves up with or to, to grow against? Well, I definitely turn it the other way because I do play a little bit of golf and you know as well as I do, and any golfers listening to this will know this, there are certain clubs in your bag that are almost go-to clubs. Yeah. And you pull it out and you feel confident straight away. And, and it's a complete, you know, you almost, when you line up to hit a ball on a golf course, you almost know whether it's going to go well or not. Because in your brain, you're already saying, oh, the lie's a bit bad, or the right, you know. But when you take all that away and you're playing with confidence, it's almost like it's almost irrelevant. But that's almost, again, what you're playing in your mind. You've told yourself you can hit the ball well. You're confident you've got a seven iron in your hand. You're confident you can hit it 165 yards or, or around that. <laughs> no, no. But you know what I mean? But again, it's, it's, it's amazing that, I mean, you know, how many things play out in life so similarly. If you think positively, you know, you address things differently. Mm. Yeah, so you said earlier, I'm not a coach, um, but I've built this business around the team and my people and the rest of it. And, and listening to you talk about the skills that you believe you have and, and where your confidence has taken you and the way you've tried to build this, the, build the business. All I can hear is leader. What I'm, what I'm hearing is you express the values and the skill sets of a great leader. And where I challenge you, I guess, is that I don't think you can be a great leader without being able to coach because that's what a team needs. That's what people needs is, is somebody to guide them and, and, and ask them the right questions and give them the confidence that they're perhaps lacking that you have in abundance. Um, yeah, I think I, yeah, I think some of that is right, but where I, I think a coach also brings a lot more structure uh, and, and that's maybe where I'm a little bit on the weaker side, you know, and, and they and need a route, you know, something that is a checkerboard where you can almost tick things off. And I, and I've started to do that in myself, but I know I'm not a great to talk to people, empathize with people, encourage people, motivate. I'm, I've got better at that without a doubt, but I see a coach as someone that's going to be a little bit more, you know, you, you come from a tennis coaching background. You're now in a business coaching. 
I would say you're probably much better at defining the structure that will help them repeat the same things all the time. And that's a bit that I haven't, I'm getting better at that and I'm working on that because I know you need that working piece around you. Words and encouragement are great uh, and, and hit the spot in the moment, but to get continued success, you've got to have that structure around you. And, that, and for me, that means a little bit more, you know, written word, check boxes, whatever it is, you know, you've got your map laid out in front of you. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I may have, no, that's quite, so that's where I think I'm probably something I need to work on. And I am working on it for myself. And as I try and encourage franchisees, you know, give them some structure to work in, but that's the bit that I am um, just not quite as good at. So, yeah, so the, the, I, I kind of agree with you, but I, I wonder whether you're getting conflated between two issues, which is, having the right processes that are systemized in the business that people can follow versus having the skills and the ability and the, and the confidence to coach people to be able to use those systems and to think for themselves. Because what, everything that you describe that you do with your team is, for me, is all about being being a leader. And as I said, the, the best leaders know know how to bring people with them, know how to know how to coach, know how to encourage. And that's not, I don't think that is about the systems and the processes. It's about understanding, you know, you, you've played cricket, you've played in a team sport, the captains that you've played for that have got results, understood the individuals within the teams, knew what their needs were, knew who they could play um, alongside whoever, who knew who to stick in the dressing room with, you know, and get them to share rooms with all the rest of it. And, and, and we're able to challenge people and keep them on their toes at the right level so they perform to the best of their ability. Now, they may well have had a structure that they used to deliver that, but the, the coachee, the player, probably never saw it. Yeah, mate, I, mean, I think what you talked on there was interesting because I, when I reflect, and it's only when you do things like this that you do reflect, is you know, if I look at my network now, and you'll know some of the history in terms of you know we 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 bought into franchising 10 years ago did really well bought a second franchise not you know and and it's all about individual you know franchising is all about individuals i know employees are um and i don't try and discern the difference because it's still people but i probably know every single person in my network i probably know their their family background i probably know a little bit about their social background uh yeah so when i think about it i do know who i'm talking to and not one size fits all yeah, and, I'll, yeah. and i'll end of you know people have said to you i mean i use technology as most of us do how do you get everything so personalized so i will personalize i'll use i'll use technology to personalize things as we all do but i'll take that to another level and i'll personalize it even further so effectively i'll effectively if i'm sending out 80 emails at christmas time i'll send up i'll send 80 personal emails and it will look like i've written every single one but all i've done is just put a little few words difference in each one. So it takes me a bit of time. Yeah. But I've learned, I suppose, that you have to talk to everyone as individuals. Otherwise, you don't get results. I've told my team recently, please don't send dear all emails unless you don't really want anyone to read it. Because <laughs> yeah. they don't, you know, you know, don't get me wrong. Some emails can just go out in a general communication. But as soon as you put dear all, 
with 80 people attached to it, no one will read it. No one will read it, no. no. Because apart from the house, they're expecting a reply all as well. And that's just... <laughs> <laughs> well, we've, actually, we've actually removed that ability on our emails to reply. <laughs> uh, you get someone writes back and they, they, they don't realise the reply, reply all means it sends it to everybody. And yeah. that really pisses people off. But, yeah, um, it does upset a lot of people. So interesting. So um, where, where are you at now? What's... what's um, you know, you've got three franchises. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, we've got three. We were actually dismantling one of them and we're going to make it a slightly separate business. But, you know, we've, yeah, we, we've got two franchises and we're in a good place. Um, I didn't really let you finish the question, so I've jumped in a little bit there. We're, we're in a good place, Ash, but that is six years of frigging hard graft. I mean, I mean, you know, and I'm not, I'm not pretending everyone has challenges in business, but you know, if you imagine, uh, and I don't mind talking about this. We, we bought a business for quite a lot of money and we had over 80 franchisees in that network over 80, well over 80, six years later, we've got 75 franchisees and we've probably recruited 40 or 50 of those. Wow. Okay. So big change. Massive. Huge change. And, and I'm not, embarrassed by that and i'm not um i'm sensitive to it because that's impacted a lot of people but i would like to think everything we've done is for the right reasons but we we bought something that probably wasn't quite what we thought or we overestimated what we thought we could do with it um having had one success we thought oh we can replicate this this is easy we bought one franchise grown it um sold it let's do it again but you know, you know, real, real eye opener to how you think you know how to do it, and actually you don't, and you start all over again. And it's been, you know, if I went back three or four years, say worst money ever spent. If I look now, I just say how proud I am of the business we've got, the people that work in it, uh, the people that are invested in it. But you know, it, it to me again, it's shown me and brought confidence into me. Is that you could have easily just said oh this is a pile of shit why did we do this but once you've made a decision you got to live with it and yeah. you've got to make it work you know and it's been a big lesson to me i mean the positivity that you have to maintain despite people shouting at you whatever it is you know all the stuff that goes on you 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 know you set your path and you and you go through the choppy water and we've been through some real storms but when you get out the other side you go wow um you know, I've probably upset a lot of people on the way, but it's not intentional. And it's all with the mindset to, we represent a brand. We've got a lot of people invested in the brand. And if, if people can't buy into a, a, a mentality of, uh, um, what's the word, sort of some values, if we can't buy into mm. that value, so we can't actually use the same brand. And we've been through that whole thing. And, you know, it's, 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 it's meant Paul left the business because he got to the stage where he couldn't deal with it anymore. Um, but if I look back now, you know, we've got such a strong network and such a good bunch of guys. It's, 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 it's nice to look back at, but no one will ever know the hard work that goes in to achieve that. They just see the, the out, you know, they just see the output. And I think that's so true in businesses, particularly business people that have their own businesses. The people will never know what you go through as a business leader, owner, unless you ever do it yourself. Yeah, it's an, it, 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 you know we talked about this off off air before we started recording that you know there are things that certainly I've experienced that people can kind of 
sympathize with but not empathize with until they've actually been through it themselves and it, and it, you you don't really you can share that knowledge you can share the stories you can share the experience but until you've actually been through it yourself it will never change your attitude and your mindset and your beliefs and your confidence in terms of how you approach things in the future because you know we we, we were saying very much that you know, I, I talk very openly about the fact that, you know, the, the tennis business I had when I met you then, you know, crashed and burned quite dramatically and, and over a very quick period of time. And I think that's made me much stronger having gone through that process. And I've, I learned uh, and it took me a while to learn it because you, 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 you at, the, at the time when it's happened, yeah, you can sit down and go, well, what went wrong? But you're still too close to it. But, you know, five six years on whatever it is now seven years on gosh um you know i can look back on that very objectively and go well these are the things that i learned from it these are the things i wouldn't do again these are the things that i wish i'd had in place and probably would have stopped it um but until you go through that experience you 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 never learn the lessons no no totally totally. it's made you who you are today you know you couldn't be who you are today without having gone through that but would you have planned out in your career path? I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll run a business, I'll grow it, it'll fail, and then I'll start another one. You won't plan that. Nobody ever plans <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. But the reality is, is everyone's career path. Is you're going to do really well, probably have a big failure somewhere, even as an employee somewhere, and it just, and it, and it, and it, what, it, what it, it filters out people, whether it's the right thing or not for them. And, mm. you know, the hardest thing about recruiting franchisees it's not finding people that want to run their own business because there's loads of them. I mean, take money to one side. It's finding people where you can try and understand whether they've got the mindset to go through it. Cause they all say, Oh, I can work really hard. I can work 24 hours a day. And I've got no problem with people. You know, people have to put in hard work. And I say to them, Look, it's not about that hard work. It's, it's the mental hard work that you have to put in. It's not the physical hard work. Yeah. Everyone, everyone can, can punish themselves and work silly hours. Um, but can you go through it mentally? You know, can you deal with the mental side of it? And that is the hardest thing that we find, which is why we, I think we've talked before, you know, in business, small business, there needs to be, people need to buy into support mechanisms because of the mental side of it. You just physically can't, you, you, you cannot do it. I've had, um, I've used a number of people, uh, some of the people you'd know, almost as a business shrink. Because at times my head is so full of stuff, I can't function. And, 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 and you're a little bit younger than me, but in our days, when you had a problem, say, okay, on the tennis court football pitch, it was all right, son, get up, run it off. Yeah, run it off. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah, but my leg's hanging off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Run it of, off. You'll be all right. It's only a dead leg. <laughs> um, but business you know, people have to recognize that in business and, and, and psychology is coming into sport more. There's more support there. And I think you're seeing this sort of industry growing up in, 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 in around businesses about psychology and helping people because it is so important. And the emotional side of it and the mental side of it is massive. You know, in this, over recent weeks, I've had some quite big issues to deal with of franchisees going through some real mental issues. Yeah, you know, I, 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 the same. My my client base has been has been a real mix of you know members who are have kind of been very positive about it, but are hiding angst and and are kind of covering it with a veneer 
of confidence and then others who are genuinely do you know what actually my business is in a good place i can see the opportunity i'm gonna i'm gonna crack on and, and smash through this and others who are crawling into a hole and just reliving the same day over and over and over again because they can't cope with it and it's it, it, it's 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 a we you know we live in difficult times we you know we're recording this in in towards the end of lockdown now um off the back of what we hope maybe i'm playing golf so that part of it but it's been challenging it's been challenging and, and running your own business is challenging at the best of time and when you're having to deal with situations where you've got zero revenue coming in and you're having to furlough staff and you don't know if there's going to be any support and what does the next three six seven months look like and your business plan's gone out the window because it may bear no resemblance at all to what reality is very difficult to deal with yeah it is and i sort of you know you know we've been lucky we we've we've managed our way through the process but in some ways it's almost it's interesting how that that fight or flight instinct kicks in with some people mm -hmm. um and you know whatever we've been through recently there will be more challenges in the future whether whatever they look like you know and people have to be prepared for that but again that just comes back around to how you approach things getting the right support around you and um you know when, as soon as that, that that situation happened a few months ago, you know I've almost seen it as wow, I'm never going to get an opportunity like this again. I'm never going to get three months to work on my business ever again. Now, ever, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not pretending that everything was rosy and we were lucky. We weren't someone that was completely decimated. We, I mean, we lost you know five six hundred thousand pounds worth of turnover from the retail sector, but we could carry on. But my mindset was right. I'm not going to die from this as in as in the situation i'm just gonna i'm gonna make sure when we come out the other side my business looks demonstrably better and different to when we went in uh, and have we achieved everything i thought we would no have we moved the business forward yes and have we brought everybody with us pretty much we've brought i thought well, we have brought everyone with us we haven't lost anyone but there's been a few rocky moments from some individuals um and again, it was, it was so interesting. And I don't know whether this is digressing a bit. So week one of lockdown. Um, again, new challenge for us as a franchise. Or what do I do? You know, do I go introverted and worry about myself? Or do I have to think about the 80-odd people out there? And, and uh, my mind said, well, let, let's make sure the 80-odd people out there are okay. Um, but in week one, I had people ringing me saying, what are you going to do, Sean? You know, are you gonna you're gonna remove all our fees? Are you gonna you're gonna you're not gonna charge us? And I said, guys, this is week one, and you're panicking. <laughs> you know, imagine when you get to week eight or nine. How are you gonna be? <laughs> um, and 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 the and the thing was, some people immediately reacted in a positive way and started doing video, you know, the video checks and balances and stuff. And other people froze. And it all it is is trying to nurture those ones that obviously need a bit more handholding to try and cross that bridge and, and that's all I see my role and probably your role is to keep helping people cross the bridge that they're frightened to cross and show them that it can there is the sun is shining on the other side and for some people it just takes more than others yeah. but my view is I don't care who it is I'll just keep going as long as I can to get them through um, you know maybe I've got a bit too much patience at times but you know, it's just it's just helping people see through that period. But look, there'll be more challenges in the year ahead. I think this has been a, a real eye opener for everybody. 
and I do feel for those that have really suffered as in zero business. Um, but I hope they've approached it right. What do I do? Because I have no other choice. I've got to find a way out. Totally. And I, and I think, you know, the, the current situation we think that we're in aside, that has to be the attitude to all the problems that we face. Not do I sit here and allow this to happen to me, but what, what can I do? I was on a call, call earlier this morning and one of the girls on it, um, she's a VA and she was talking about, you know, she used to play in a girls football team and all the things she always used to remember from her coach was telling her that she needs to go to the ball. Don't wait for the ball to come to her. You need to go to the ball constantly. Go meet the ball. Go and meet the pass. Maybe that's what I've did wrong all those years ago. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, but she, she was the one who said it's exactly the same in business. If you sit back and wait for the work to come to you, if you wait for things to happen on your behalf, if you wait for the government to step in with grants and loans, etc., then you're never going to feel in control of moving the business and yourself forward. And you want to feel like you have done everything you can, everything in your power, everything that you're capable of doing to, to, to make a change, to, to, to grow, to, to move things forwards. And I always, I always think about um, uh, this, you know, we, before air we were talking about um, a kid that we both know that I used to coach and, and it wasn't him, but I do remember a lad at County Cup once coming off and he'd lost this match and it was tight and I was a little bit tongue-in-cheek but he, he walked off the court you know sort of smiling I said well I, I tried and I looked at him I said well did you and he said yeah I left everything out there on the court I said no you didn't he said yes I did I said no you didn't he said yes I did I said well you didn't crawl off the court you walked so you definitely didn't leave everything out there did you and uh, yeah, you know it, it, and the more you sweat the better you play it's, it's, it's simple, but it's about as you said it's about i think it's about learning how to sweat your mind not just your body yeah no it's interesting that what you said about leaving stuff on the court because you would have heard will hunt davies one where yeah the talk where they said the germans would need chairs to take their gold medals <laughs> yeah. but the english the british in the in the in the bronze medal would jump up and they still had the energy <laughs> to jump up and down and celebrate exactly which, which is absolutely true yeah, it, that's it yeah but it, it's also it's Coming back to what you said about if there's enough, if there's enough motivation or whatever that is for you to do something, you will do it. You know, jump over the fence. I can't. Okay, well, there's a Rottweiler coming to bite you up the arse. I'll jump over the fence. And, you know, you'll know the analogy because it comes from someone we both know. Put enough, put, put enough at stake on it and you'll yeah. make it work. If, you're, and, if you're, your family and, you know, kids and wife were in a lock room, your kids were in a room locked up with a gunman in there, and you had three days to get them a million quid, what would you do? Yeah, you'd, you'd do something, wouldn't you? You'd find, some, you'd find a way, wouldn't you? Yeah, no, and, and, and that is interesting also what you said about the need to go to the ball. So when we try and find franchisees, a lot of people will ask us, well, how much work are you going to bring me? And we sort of go, mm, mm, interesting question. Well, why do you say that? Well, you know, I'm joining your brand. You know, are you going to bring me the business? And there are some franchises that, you know, it very much is you, you know you buy a job and we yep. say to people look in our franchise you are a, a, a business owner and we want you to succeed because if you don't succeed we don't succeed so there's a motivation for us to help you but you know we're never going to promise that we're going to just adorn you with with leads and opportunities for you to go and service because we might as well have employees if we're going to do that yep. you know, we want you to be a local business owner and we'll give you the support 
to make that happen and make that a reality and the tools that you need, but you need to become that person. Uh, and it's so, it's just interesting talking to people that just expect mm. running a business is about bring me the work. No. So you'll, you'll put the ball on the pitch for them. You'll surround them with a team, teach them some technique, but they've got to do the running and go and get the ball. Yeah. I mean, we, we put, we'll, we'll put crosses in, we'll even score a few goals for them, but to win the game, they need to be in it. They need to be running it. And I say to them, think of it like this. If we just bring you the work, you're no longer running a business. You've got a job. Because you're working, you're working for me. I'm just saying do this and do that and do the other. If you run your own business, you can make your choices. So work hard, build your business up, then you can make some choices. You know, don't join a business to run your own business and think it means I can play golf three times a week from the off. Build the right to go and play golf three days a week. Yeah, earn the right. Yeah, you're right. That, that, yeah, I totally agree with that one. And um, I've earned the right in the summer at least. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've earned the right. You've earned the right, right. At the end of the day, you know, and what I hate is people moan they don't earn what they want, and yet they're on the on the golf course three days a week. Well, yeah. 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 And, I, and then to be fair, there was a time in my life where I did abdicate some of that responsibility, and that's what I did. I hid. Um, but yeah. You learn from that. You learn from that and you, and you, and you do that. So don't make excuses, Ash. You know that. Yeah, completely, completely. Um, so, yeah, just to start bringing this together, there's a question I always ask everybody that I always, we get some really interesting answers on it, no pressure. But, you know, this 10-year this journey you've been on, and, and we've sort of answered it to a degree, but I'd love you to sort of bring it together. If you, if you could go back and meet the Sean Taylor, meet the Sean Taylor, Good surname, by the way. Uh, the, the, the day before you started that first franchise, when you, you know, the day before you unlocked the doors of that business, knowing everything that you know now, what would be the sort of one or two or three key pieces of advice you would tell that, Sean? Okay, well, I don't know if I'm going to answer this directly to start with, but let me go back a stage, okay, to put this in perspective. So I was a finance director. Mm -hmm. of a business really good big size business the board were all my mates so we had a great time it was a real fun business we turned over about 50 million um and we were doing all right but i was living and working away in Bury St Edmunds, so i was weekend dad yeah and i just saw the opportunity they were looking we were looking to offload a business um, so I was in a privileged position, but I said, I'll tell you what, guys, I want to buy that business. It hadn't really crossed my mind up to then. I'd just been involved in a high level in big business, in good businesses, been an equity partner in them, but just an equity partner, not an owner. And I'd loved it, but I just thought, I'm 40 years old. I want to do something different. And I just went, bang, I'm going to do it. And I happened to get Paul involved. I went to talk to Paul in the pub about some advice. He goes, I'll tell you, I'll do that with you. I didn't even ask him. He <laughs> said, I'll, I'll, do that. I'll do that with you, which was fine. And, it, and we had a great time, great, you know, chalk and cheese in terms of our two personalities, but brilliant time. Yeah. The reason I'm telling you this story is I made that choice um, on purpose to change my life and to come back home so I could end up coaching the kids' football team, end up doing a bit of scout leadership, doing the cricket coaching. Um, and I still wanted to grow a business. I still wanted to be... And that business sold a few years ago for about 300 million that I left. Hmm. 
Now I was a shareholder in that business. Mm. And I, and I talked to the guy who runs it today. He's a good friend of mine. And he, and he, and he pulls, he pulls my leg. He goes, Sean, you must regret leaving this business. Cause he hated the fact I left anyway. Yeah. Cause you know, money would be no object right now. And, and people say to me, Sean, you must be gutted. And I say, how can I be gutted at doing it? I made a conscious decision to do what I wanted to do to change my life. And how can you put a price of quite a lot of money on the experiences that I've done as out of my choice? Yeah. yeah. All that stuff. So, you know, would I be retired now? Probably, but I can't replace the 10 years that I've been through the people I've met, the experiences I've had, you know, and I've done reasonably well as a result as well, but nowhere near like doing that. So, that sort of puts it in perspective in terms of how I judged the last 10 years. But what, what's my biggest learning? I suppose it, it's learning. You, you know, it is that constant need to test yourself, not necessarily to implement all the time because you just simply cannot implement everything you learn. But it is just to be open-minded, absorb stuff, keep feet on the floor and enjoy yourself. You know, you've got to have, you've got to have some fun in life. And I'm not saying that I'm part, I'm not, I'm not a party animal, but do I love what I do? Absolutely. Do I get out of bed in the morning loving what I do? Yeah, I do. Do I love the people that I interact with? Yes, I do. Um, should I do more? Are there stuff that I should be doing more of? Yeah, I know there is. I know there's more I should be doing, but um, I don't know if that answers your question really, but. No, I think it does. The one thing I, the one thing, the one thing I've got an expression, CBA. Mm-hmm. So can't, it's can't be asked. So my expression is can So when I can't be asked, I know I have to be, I, I can be asked. So every time I'm thinking I can't be asked to do that, I know to me, that is my signal to be, I can be asked. Cause I know that is the, you know, oh, I, I've, I've got to send that email out tonight. Oh, I can't be asked. And I know every time I say to myself, I can't be asked, that's the trigger to me to say, right, Sean, do it and get it done. Yeah, you know, I can't be asked. Yeah. I can't be asked to exercise every morning. I can't. But by saying that, I have to get out of bed and tick off that thing off the list. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it has, it's just something that I've created over the last few years is not when you, when you can't be asked, make it, turn it into can be asked. And that will make the difference because it's that little 1% um that will make you you, you you know your business different and it's not the 10 percent that will make it different it's the little it's the one the little over one. and over and over again it's the compound effect isn't it the slight edge whatever you want to call it it's you're right it's the and, and, and that's the danger of where failure comes in and cracks come in is when you know one i can't be asked and you know it doesn't really mean much but when you constantly do it the impact at the bottom end is 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 huge <laughs> So you've you got to do the little things consistently and consistently well. And I think that's why, that's why so many people fail in business because they don't see the results quick enough. Yeah. Is that the same? Magic one. Losing weight, getting fit, it's the same analogy. You know, sometimes you have to put a bit of faith in what you're doing and live with it and just do it. And, you know, people lose a lot of weight, but but not everyone can do it. No. People get really fit, but not everyone, because they give up too early. Yeah. They give up too early. And, and it's the same in business. They give up actually when they're on the right path, but they haven't seen enough results. Their, their expectations are too much. 
They think that, you know, they think Ash Taylor turns over 250,000 and has got a place in Marbella. It must be, you know, they just give up with the, they've got the wrong perception, the wrong idea, and they give up too quickly. And they're comparing yeah. themselves to the wrong people who they know nothing about at all. So yeah. it's, a, it's a completely flawed comparison, which I think we do a lot of as well. We, you know, we look at other people and just go, oh, they can do it. Why can't I? And, and actually, you don't know their story. You don't know what's going on in their heads. You don't know what, what, how much they've sweated in the past to make them look lucky now. It's just... Oh, no. we, we, all get, we all look at each other's business and go, oh, I wish I could do... I wish I had a business like Ash. And then Ash is probably looking at, like, I wish I had a business like Emma, or I wish I had a... You know, we all do it. And it's, it's another danger. We all, you know, oh, I wish my business was like... I remember when you had your tennis business, I was thinking, oh, what a great business that is. Would I rather be a tennis coach, you know, manage tennis coaches or manage 2,000 cleaners? Oh, that sounds great, you know. But wherever you look, it's never simple. But trust anyway, me, like, trust me, you had the better deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. funny, funny. Yeah. Uh, Super talking to you, Sean. Thank you very much for coming on. Always, right. I, I know we can, you and I can just chat forever about stuff, can't we? So we'll have to get you on at another point and continue the conversation. Yeah, well, it's great, and and you know, I appreciate what you do. I'm not, a, I'm not someone who's on your Zoom. I'm not in your group all the time, but I, I keep an eye on it. And I think that's another learning is you never, even when you know it all, you need to be reminded of it as well. You know, we go to events on a continual basis and hear the same things, and people go, "I'm not, I'm not going to do that anymore." I hear, it, I hear it time and time again, and they're the ones that again that are short-sighted because you ask them, "Have they done it?" No, oh no, I haven't done it. <laughs> I know it. I haven't done it. <laughs> and the one thing I will do in future is I'll put the I'll put I'll put a date in the diary next time. As well. <laughs> that was brilliant. It was all good. Right. Good, good to chat to you, mate. Cheers, Ash. Thank you very much. See you out.